welcome to episode number seven of the Friendly Dissonance Podcast, Retail and Spice. We are two people in a relationship, well, we're married, who have vastly differing opinions on politics, economics, and the world, but through discussion... And not argument, because she won't let me. We explore each other's ideas and come to a better understanding of the person we love. Gross. So for our updates... I have some updates. You have some updates. What are your yeah, updates? Yeah, uh, I don't think that I mentioned this in the last episode. I think I... Maybe I mentioned in passing that I was going to be starting a new job. I started we, a new we've, job. We've, we've talked about the new job. Right? Um, I'm in it. My friend is furloughed, so she can't tell me what to do anymore. And now I just have to wing it until she comes back. Hopefully she comes back really soon because... I'm really bored not having her there telling me what to do. So I'm just kind of going, well, I hope I don't screw up. And then um, another thing in my life is Animal Crossing. I didn't play that game when it first came out or the other iteration. Mm-hmm. So I'm like basically playing. I'm like, this is really cute. I don't, how, why does everybody have such many, so many cool things? And I'm just like, I can't even climb a ladder yet. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. But I have like three pieces of gold. I don't know what to do with them. I also have bamboo now. I don't know what to do with it. It's just sitting in my inventory. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I like at least a tarantula hasn't killed me. And that's, I don't know. I think that's a step in the right direction. How do you get long sleeve shirts? So I don't understand. So you can, you can design your own like tank top. But I, I've seen people like design like full outfits, pants and shirts and with long, like, cool sleeves. I don't know how you get those sleeves. How do you get the sleeves? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm so lost. And, like, every time I'm like, I'm going to go visit one of my friends because I've got, like, six people who play this game. And then I'm like, okay, cool. They have castles I, I actually, no, no, no. I actually paid to connect to the Nintendo, like, internet service or whatever mm-hmm. so they could visit people's houses. Nobody ever is open to have any visitors when I'm playing. And so I'm just like, well, great. Anyways, uh, what's going on in your life, Mr. Oh, we're both essential workers, so we've got that going on. Yes, we are essential, so I uh, don't get a vacation. So the other announcement that I had is that uh, we have moved to Anchor.fm. Oh, yes. Um, we were talking about that even before we were using we were Podbean. Talking, yeah, we were, we, we've been out, we were on Podbean. They're nice for a nice startup thing. It's really easy to get into. Anchor is also easy. This is not the paid thing that Anchor wants me to do to get money. How much is it? How much do I get? No, no, no. For Anchor, do you have to pay for it? Oh, it's free. Oh, okay. So it's free, and we have, like, unlimited uploading time, and it's a lot easier to insert ads and stuff. Cool. Well, because, like, with Podbean, I was very surprised because... So not to not to poop on Podbean. They're mm-hmm. a very easily navigatable yeah. startup kind of podcast place. But we only had five podcasts up on there. And didn't you tell yeah, me that we, they, we had like a limit of like six hours or something like that? So that's very silly for us. If we we have, talk far too much. Yes. If we had fifteen minute <laughs> podcasts, I'd be like, let's drag this out mm-hmm, and see if we get mm-hmm. the paid stuff. Like, but no, decided to just go over I, here. Yeah, some of the podcasts that I listen to are still on Anchor. So I mean, podcasts or yeah. Podbean. Cool website, really good. We talked too much for Podbean, had yeah. to move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing against Podbean no. or anything like that. This anchor is more for our style. There's nothing at all wrong with that. Yeah, that style of talking far too I much. I don't want to poo-poo on anybody. No, no, no. 
it was a free service. You can't really look that horse in the mouth. No. So I thought I would talk a little bit about retail since I'm not in it anymore. So I didn't talk a lot about retail while I was doing retail. Mainly because I was in a very tenuous position in that I... Okay, so... I got into retail purely because I couldn't get a job after I moved home from Scotland. I worked a kilt shop job and I was very grateful for that. And then when I moved home, I took care of my mother for a year and then I moved to Virginia Beach where even though I had a ton of experience and a ton of education and like I should have been easily able to get a job. I couldn't. I couldn't even get a job you know, cleaning hotel rooms. I couldn't get a job. You couldn't even get a job in retail. I couldn't get a job in retail. I applied at Walmart, Target, Food Lion, every place I could possibly apply and no one would hire me. And I I also applied for jobs that were similar to what I worked before I moved to Scotland and no one would hire me. I was again unemployed for another year. So that's two years unemployed. And then when we moved back to Minnesota, I was applying for jobs, but it looked like I was unemployed for two years, you know, absolutely. But I was taking care of my mom for a year. And then for another year, I was unemployed, but but I was looking. And then a lot of the application forms wouldn't allow me to put a foreign residence, foreign education, or foreign work in the application. So, so then extra year, it looked like I was, yeah, unemployed yeah. for another year. So that's a three-year gap during a time period uh, seven, eight years ago where you can't have that. So CJ had gotten a job uh, working in retail, but I hadn't still by the time. You you got one pretty quickly. I got one pretty quickly, partially because of my veteran status. Yeah, yeah. And so I just applied to a, a retail job for the summer. Once school started for me, the Navy was also giving me a stipend, right. so I wasn't too worried about right. making money. So finally, I was employed at a retail establishment working just as a regular t- team member. I quickly moved up from associate, essentially, to manager, manager yeah. like a leadership position within nine months but, of yeah, working there. Yeah, it was less than a year. Far less than a year. I did tick off some people. But then no upper mobility. I was there and that's all I did. Uh, The thing is, as much as I did not enjoy working in retail, it really, really, really taught me a lot about myself, a lot a lot about people, about, uh, about how to lead people, about how to speak to people. It taught me, you know, a lot of really great lessons that actually... When I worked in IT, when I worked at the law school, when I worked with a bunch of different people, I wish that I had had this knowledge because I think that some of my hardships that I had in those positions, I mean, let's face it, they begged me to come back. That's neither here nor there, but they would have liked me a lot better. If, if she had been furloughed from her brand new job, if they would have been like, we can't, we, we don't know if we're going to be able to keep you. We're going to have to send you home. She could have gone back. Talked to her old boss and said, hey, I just just got fired from my last job. Do you want me back? They would have taken her back up in a heartbeat. At the retail position? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because I would have whipped the area of the store that I worked in back into shape. So, anyways, that said, retail is horrible. Especially working in a leadership position in the front of the store area where you are the customer service representative. You are the person to take pretty much all of the complaints, 
uh, you handle the kerfuffles that happen with among different, you know, customers that are shopping there. You handle money issues. You handle so many things. Why don't you ever have green beans? I come here for green beans. Why don't you have green beans? Well, I'm really sorry. We, we actually, green beans are our most popular product and we sell it out every time we get it in. I am so sorry about that. Maybe alternative for you is to possibly call before you come in. We can reserve those green beans to make sure you, we have them. How can I do that? I'm not going to possibly do that. That is, that is far too much time out of my day to call ahead. I think you should just always have green beans. It's not really our like position to tell the, the supplier that they need to give us more. They, it's like a supply and demand thing. If we sell it, they try to replace it. It's not really a thing that we, you just need to have green beans all the time. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. One thing I will say is you left where we work right before the pandemic. Pandemic panic happened. The panic-demic. Can I can I keep that one in? Sure. The panic-demic. Sure. Um, I remember the week before everything started really hitting the fan. Um, we were going in through uh, a retail establishment, and we passed the toilet paper out. I remembered something I saw on Twitter, and I'm like, "Hey, let's grab an extra bag of toilet paper." It's still over there. And you're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Look, I just got a feeling. Saw some stuff on Twitter." I think it might be a good idea to just, you know, grab one extra bag of toilet I, paper. I didn't honestly think that it would get as horrible as it got. It was not a week later. All the toilet paper is gone. And I went, like a week later, not even, I just saw a suggestion on Reddit. Like, maybe you should gather some cold medications. Mm-hmm. I went to the store that day. Not even a week later, couldn't get any cold medications. Couldn't get any ibuprofen, Tylenol, nothing. That said, people who come and shop, at least the the store that we work at, were of three different types. One was the perfectly nice, usually incredibly sweet person who just wanted to get their stuff and leave. Either they were really, really friendly or just ignored you, but was still like calm, kind, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's the majority of people, but that's not who sticks out. The other two are who sticks out. One, the junkie slash drunk who won't leave and takes off his shoes in the middle of the floor (laughs) and picks his toenails and swaps out his underwear, gets naked in the bathroom to take a sink shower, makes your life hell, but oh, they're homeless. What else are you going to do? Just, got, dude, can you please just keep your clothes on? Come on. I forgive a lot whenever it comes yes. to that. It's like, yes. I know you're homeless, so I see you charging your phone at one of our wall outlets. You're not supposed to do that. You know what? I'm going to look the other way because I know you're homeless and I know it sucks. I do forgive a lot of people who come in and do office sales floor returns if they're buying things like food, if they're buying things like clothing that they need, underwear, socks, yeah. you know, uh, even, even laundry detergent, things to... I'm going to say even straight up thieves that come in and they still, you the know... majority, yeah. like, things like they're stealing shoes, they're stealing food. I Like, I, there are a lot of things that I'm like, you know, people get really upset, like, because thievery does drive up the price of things. Mm-hmm. It 
reflects badly upon the store. We get and the community that the store. Yeah, is in. we get hit pretty hard. The hours get reduced. The community sees higher prices. Sees you know, and because the prices are higher, they don't want to shop there. They get upset that we carry fewer things. You know, and I've done a mathematical study. The store that we worked at is more expensive than the same store in another part of the city that is less uh, theft prone. Like we, we really are statistically significantly, not by too much, but a few cents here and a few cents there over the course of a year. If this is the store you go to shop, that's going to add up. And For most things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. Uh, the the last major person who shops at the store are the Karens, the Marshas, and the Susans. They're the people who either they think they're above you, mm-hmm. or they know that everything is about optics. So they know that they can throw a fit and get other people to see this fit, whether it is on social media or you know, at the front of the store, and then they will get their way. Here's the problem. No. And the reason I say it that way is I don't give in ever. I don't. I don't care if you are dealing with me. I basically just sit there blank faced, watch you and go and give you the exact option I gave you already, because that is what I'm doing for you. I do not give in ever. Now, of course, I'm not the top of the store. I am not the be-all, end-all, and you can complain to corporate all you like. If you complain to corporate, I don't care. Bye. Good luck finding someone better than me, because you're not going to. Did they find someone better than me? He just got in. Yeah, and I know him because I interviewed him. He's not better than me. (laughs) The reason I say all this is because I know all the policies inside and out. In fact, I made two different binders. The New Testament and the Old Testament. The Old Testament is full of all the policies and procedures. It is a very thick four-inch binder. The New Testament is the troubleshooting binder with all of how to fix things when they break. Does anybody else know how to fix these things? No. Does anybody else know the policies inside and out like I did? No. But I gave them all the tools and they will not look at them. I know this because when I was gone for a week, they, I came back. Oh, thank goodness you're back. We didn't know how to do this thing. I put it in the binders. We couldn't find the binders. The binders are always where the binders are. They're right here. Oh, yeah, I forgot they were there. Yes, I know. Everybody always forgets that they're where I put them. One of your big takeaways is the people you interact with. Like 80 to 90% of the people are perfectly, are fine. perfectly fine, normal yep. people. Some of yep. them are friendly. Some mm-hmm. of them are very friendly. Mm-hmm. Some of them are nonchalant, don't want to talk. They just want to get in, get fine. stuff. Fine, I like that. you. I like you too. Mm-hmm. And then there's that 10%, that 20%, and they're the, the trouble. Right. Another thing that I've learned from working in retail is not just about the uh, the customers. Mm-hmm. It's also about my fellow employees. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I have been in my position for about five years, over five years Six now. years. I think I'm coming you up started, on six you years. Because st- I was yeah. in my position for seven and a half. You came into yours about it, a year, it would be, this, year and a half This, this summer is going to be year six. seven. 
six. Mm-hmm. I'm overqualified. I know I'm overqualified. Oh, the yeah. reason I haven't gotten to a new job is pure laziness and complacency. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And I know I need to get a new job. But I'm there. Uh, right now, I'm kind of glad that I still have this job because yeah. nobody else is having a job right now, it right. seems like. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people come and go. Mm-hmm. Some people I've known have uh, moved up in the hierarchy of the retail world. I tell you, it's super hard, though. It is. I begged. I begged to be promoted. Mm -hmm. I kept getting told. There really isn't a higher position in the retail stores right now. Uh, There are higher positions than what I had. I would not consider myself a higher management position in the stores. Not to downplay you, you were a mid-level manager. Oh, no, it's not. That's fine. I tout myself as being the best at my job and knowing more than my boss, because I did. Mm -hmm. And I knew way more than my boss's boss, because I did do. Do. um, About my position. (laughs) There was, like, recently... Uh, the stores all changed their policy to a specific thing. I hadn't heard anything about this thing until Abby texted me and said, Hey, did you see this thing? And it was like a local news thing that was talking about this policy. It was that from was, the website. It was. Yeah. It was from the website. Because I was ordering retail. because I was ordering, ordering for <laughs> for my new job. Because I had to I have to order for my new job, I have to order things for each of the specific yeah. places. So so she sends me a text message. Hey, did you see this? You can't do that anymore. And I'm looking at the website and I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Nobody had told me. Uh, in my old position, that would essentially be my job to tell people about policy changes, to tell people about things. And my boss would always think that he'd be the one who had a one up on me and would tell me the things and like yeah i read that like two weeks ago the only time that i wouldn't know is if it was only for the executives and not for like the team leads the the salaried and not the uh the hourlies which always bothered me because one he didn't know what the heck he was doing i liked him very much a very personable guy Mm -hmm. i was glad to actually have him to be my leader after a string of terrible people (laughs) but like he bless him. I am way better than him. But but like I was saying, like with with other people, there's the people that have moved up, um, and they would be people who are motivated. Uh, sometimes for it, yep, yeah, like like Abby, they're motivated. They want to do more. They want to be more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Some of them want to be more in the company. Some of them want to be as much as they can be in the company and then move on. Whatever the case, they're motivated to move up. And it's very hard to move up. So there are theoretically opportunities to promote. Uh, They're for people who would like to uh, have more responsibility, have more say in the specific stores, or they would be people who would like to move to corporate. I'm not going to toot my own horn too much here. Nobody asked me. I am a highly competent person. If it were not for me... My department would be in much more dire straits than it already is. I am the glue that holds my department together. Nobody even asks me, hey, we're opening up this position. Would you be interested in it? Nobody asked anybody. They didn't ask some other people who I think would be qualified for that. At least marginally qualified. They could maybe possibly learn. I might have to point out the binders. I'd have to ask you where they are and then point them out and say, hey, you should look at these. Uh, they did ask me mm-hmm. who I thought would be a good replacement. 
I remember you telling and me that. And the people that I had absolutely full confidence that would be amazing replacements for me mm-hmm. were A, trying to leave the company. Mm-hmm. B, I had mentioned the possibility of moving up to my position and all of them said, I have absolutely no interest in that kind of stress. Yeah. Uh, for the love of God, please don't mention my name. <laughs> um, all of them would have been amazing in that position because they are all amazing people. It would have been a lot of stress, though. Because I, I, I know how you came home sometimes. There are so many people who I was like, you know what? You would be amazing to several of the people. I know you know who I'm talking yep. about. I was like, why? Do, like uh, one of my coworkers, my favorite person who I got to work with every day moved to a different position and she got a, she got more power and then they took that kind of took that power away but after the fact but great wonderful person I was looking at the other team leads who were left who they could have possibly possibly moved up to the front and I said to the person I'm like I would have loved if you could have been my to- co-team lead we would have had an amazing time we would have like made the front end what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and they go I would have hated every minute of it because I can't stand the kinds of things that you have to do. Yeah. I, I would have and that person, probably turned it down, but it right, would have been really nice to have been, to asked. been asked. Yeah, there were at least three people that I would have loved to have seen move up. I knew not to ask you because... <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little bit of nepotism. But yeah, so so there's the people who are moving but, up. But then... There, you, you just did bring up another kind of person. Another person who they want to be where they are. They, like a lot of the cashiers, especially... There, there's, there's subcategories here. Some of the cashiers who are 137 years old. Yeah. They want to be cashiers. No. There are some who want that position, but they cannot handle it. Yeah. There are some like that, but there, there are some of them who they want to be a cashier or they want to be the, the food person or they want to be in this part of the store. And that's what they want. They don't want the stresses of added responsibility, even though it comes with better pay, because they're not worried about that. They just want to do their thing and then go well, home. If they hadn't taken away that middling position, they would have wanted that position. Yeah. The middling position, the modicum of power, but not actually a lot of responsibility. Yeah. That's the position they wanted. Uh, that position went away. But then there is the last person who well, wants all the power and has absolutely no, no right to be in that position. To be fair, there there are people That's who are fewer given, than that, that is fewer than a lot of others. But and then like I've been in there for almost six years now. I am the only original person from six years ago left in my department. Yeah, you, you took over my position. I took over Abby's position. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys left to go be bigger and better. Another person left to go be bigger and better from my original crew. Then another person came in and then they left. All these people have been coming in and leaving. And that's what retail is for a lot of people. It's the stepping stone. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go up in the, the ladder at our store or if you're going to stay here for a while. Another person I can think of right now was here for six months to a year, which is not bad, but he came in and he did a pretty good job. He was only stoned a couple times and he wasn't too stoned, which is really a lot more than I can ask for some of the people that I currently work with. Yeah, he would come in, he would do his job, he would do his job uh, pretty decent. 
I mean, he did at the very he, he did better than the bare minimum, and then he left because he's working in construction now, and he's making a lot more money, and he's doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. And retail was a spot for him to park himself to get money to live, while he figured out what he was going to do with his life. Boy, though, I gotta tell you, as a person who I have a huge fear of rejection, yeah, and I have a huge inferiority complex, and. It's funny how I say I have an inferiority complex when I say I'm far better than all these other people. But it's mostly about this. It's the audition problem, the audition complex where, like, I know that I would be amazing at this role. Just give me this role and I would be amazing at it. Don't make me, like, audition for it because that is horrible. That's the person who is really good at everything you teach them, but they just suck at the test. I am not terribly good at timed tests. Do you give me yeah. a test that, mm, no, because don't give me unlimited time because I'll probably just like play Animal because Crossing. Because two, two years later, <laughs> I'll hand this test in. Give, give me two days yeah. to do this test. Let me take it home. Let me ponder it. Let me write some stuff down. No, because even then, I <laughs> well, got all Well, the first night, I'm going to play Animal Crossing. Yeah, and then the next because day, even then, I'll try to get like, to it. that's the thing. Like, okay, a six-hour test. It's, 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 it's crazy, like, because... I'm out of practice with that stuff too. Like mm-hmm. if it was a thing where I was auditioning all the time, like I used to, what mm-hmm. where I was performing all the time, like I used to, it's just something you get used to. And then when you're done with that kind of thing for a while uh, and you don't get an interview and you don't get this and you don't get that. And even though you're applying left and right, even though you are putting in yeah. your resume left and right, your, 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 your audition tape left and right, no one's biting you lose that gumption. I remember in Virginia Beach, you were seriously down on yourself because you couldn't you couldn't be the checkout person at Food Line. I couldn't even get a job cleaning hotel rooms. Yes. And and um, Virginia Beach is a very bad environment for someone who is not married to a service member. Mm-hmm. Because like some at least one of those hotel cleaning jobs was like you need a you need a security clearance, wasn't it? Yeah, well, doing the same job that I had been doing at the university for ten years required a security clearance. I'm like, you're not even doing anything with people who are in the military, in the you know yeah. government, anything. Well, we just require a, a security clearance so that you can install printers. I'm like, I've installed printers for 10 years. I, I don't need to have a security clearance. You don't even do anything on your computer. It's just a way to cut off people. Yep. The, the security clearances, we know those Navy or Marine or Air... We, we know those service members right. who got out. We know that they're hard workers because it's beaten into them with ball-peen hammers. But then they should have seen my resume and seen I'm from the Midwest. And Midwest people typically do not stop. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of things that they should have looked at and said, okay, she mm-hmm. would have actually been good at yeah. this job. But, but they didn't because... I have a master's degree. Like, you can see people who have master's degrees typically are incredibly driven. Yeah. Because there is no body over you going, you need to do your things. But there's this one HR person who has 100 pieces of paper in front and they don't see that security clearance mm-hmm. and they toss it to the side. I know Even this. if you are better qualified than everybody else. I know this. I, yeah. I, like, so in applying for jobs, everybody was like, oh, you should just apply for all these things. Nope, I have to have the right keywords. Well, then you should just lie. No. no. 
I'm not going to lie because I'm not going to go apply for a job that I'm not actually qualified for. Exaggerate? Maybe. Lie? Definitely not. So that's one of the things. It's because like I am aware of how those algorithms work for a lot of the state jobs, the city jobs. You have to be able to at least speak to that. But I wanted to get back to retail a little bit in saying being a person who is already terrified of rejection, mm-hmm. having a job that's stable, even if it is a job that you hate or you feel disrespected, because I was definitely seen, even though I was in a secure position, I was in a position that was a leadership position. And even though it was my pride to lift up my team members, so they always felt supported so they always felt they had someone to go to um so they always felt that they had someone who got their back because a lot of times the other people in the store did not have those people's back uh and that was my priority always and forever uh it doesn't matter if they were not in my department if anybody said anything sideways about the person who was stalking the i don't know bananas or someone who was over in the shelving unit department i am going to always be there and have their back forever so a sailor always has a sea story and i think a retail person always has a retail story i have both now god help my soul there's Mm -hmm. one that i'm thinking of in particular it involves people speaking in french yes i have a minor in french and what's very interesting about people is that they always They want to have something over on you. So this woman comes in and was demanding to do a return on a product that was obviously very well worn. It was a pair of shoes. I can't remember if it was high heels or like wedges or sandals or something. It was disgusting. So one of my team members who I didn't particularly like, they had a lot of different performance issues. She was still my team member. I still... Absolutely, it was my responsibility to protect her, support her, and make sure she knew I was there to have her back. Have her back. Be in be her leader. Yeah. And she was absolutely right. She may have been a little snotty about it, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when someone's being super duper snotty to you, it's hard not to be snotty back. This is very it really true. is true. So this person was trying to return a pair of shoes that were very well worn. And the reason why they were returning it is because, well, I didn't like them. Okay, well, these are very well worn and I'm not returning them. Why? Because they're worn and they're not, we're not returning them. There's no possible way we could sell them again. Well, I want to return them. No, I want to talk to your manager. And then she was talking to her friend and in French, a language I know fairly well, started cursing about her and calling her, you know, all these bunch of names and uh, and calling her, calling her ugly and Name, stupid. Names that Abby has informed me we're not allowed to use on this podcast. So a bunch of names. And I am done with this person. And it is one of the few times I've raised my voice to a customer whatever and i basically said i i said to her in french i go i understand what you're saying and you're not allowed to say that and get out of my store (laughs) and that is one of three times i've told people that and i turned to the team member who was getting yelled at in french 
<laughs> and I and as the person left in a huff with their nasty shoes, I said, well, they called you a bunch of names in French. And I told them they are not allowed to say that. And I told them in French to get out. And I understand them. And they're not allowed to say that. And she was really appreciative. And I bring this up. And CJ brings this up because um, many people think of customer service and and retail as always making sure you give the customer the service they think. Th- they think they should have. Are you trying to tell me that a lot of people think that the customer is always right? Nobody who works in retail ever thinks that. Nobody who actually nobody who actually works even in the hospitality mm-hmm. industry thinks that. One of the hugest takeaways I have gotten from working in retail as long as I have is, is, is like I said at the beginning, how to speak to people. Mm-hmm. And it's to make people think that they're getting the service that they think they deserve, but giving them the service that they actually deserve. Now, the people who are kind and patient and understanding I will always bend over backwards for them. Mm-hmm. I remember earlier you were saying like somebody like one of the Karens or Marsha's or I don't Susan's. know Susan's come up and they're being all Karen and Marsha E and Susan E and you're just stone faced. The policy says this. This is what we're doing. Somebody comes up to you and, and if, they're if, nice. if a Marisha. So I had okay. just had a Marsha, right? And now you have but a now I have a Marisha or a Karina. Karina. Susanna comes up and she's like, hey, I know that I wore these shoes, but, you know, they really hurt my feet and I just can't afford to have this. I understand if your policy says this, that, and the other thing. I'm going to do my best to try to return those shoes for them. But let me see what I can do for you. Absolutely. There's, yeah. there's even this one guy who I know steals dvds Mm -hmm. because i've been told that they have them on camera Mm -hmm. stealing dvds oh our friend yes he's so nice he's so nice and he comes (laughs) and he's like hey man is there anything oh he's like like, he's like you're cj's wife oh hey how are you doing (laughs) you're cj's wife oh i love cj and he's so nice he always helps me out so much we've all back back in in my little cubby corner back there we've all decided you know what he's so nice i don't even care if he steals the i know he's he's not a jerk like all the other thieves He's allowed. Right. And there are times. And he buys a lot of stuff, too. He bought a switch from us. So there are times when that kind of tactic goes too far because I will be there, you know, watching self-checkout, watching Mm -hmm. the lanes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I will have someone go, oh, yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. And they're overly nice. And I'm like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm not even suspicious of you. I'm not even like looking at you. I don't even care about you. You're not doing any of the things that are a typical suspicious thing. But you're like, oh, hi, how are you doing today? I would like to talk to you about my day, about your day. Who's being nice to you? Who's being mean? I'd like to know, you know, like... Like a uh, Japanese kawaii girl, like desu, desu, desu. There was there was a guy who this was like early in the morning. We just opened up, and this guy comes through, and uh, he's like in the section across from me, um, sporting goods. And I see him. I was like, "Hey, 
finding everything all right? He's like, I sure am, sir. Or something mm. very similar to that. And you just hear that. And, and, and I looked at him and I had my walkie in my hand. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to call AC. You know. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I think I'm good. I think I'm just overreacting. It's a young no, no, black no, no, guy. No. I'm like, am I doing no, this? Because no. I'm, I'm having all these internal. Oh. Am I being am a racist? Am I being racist? Am I being, am I being racist? This? Am I being sexist? You know what? I think... Am I being homophobic? Am yes. I being homophobic? So, so I'm like, you know what? Yep. I'm just going to let it go. Yep. He's a young kid. He's being respectful. I'm just going to let it go. 30 minutes later, find out. Hey, yeah, that guy stole a $200 or $300 you know, hoverboard or there whatever are so many, called. Okay, so there are so many times. I, I'm sorry to make this just purely about retail, but there were so many times that I'm like, especially in the beginning, at the end of at the end of my career in retail, I'm like, yeah, no, they're stealing. Oh, don't you feel like you're being racist? <laughs> no. No, they're I stealing. Like, I would just, like, pick up my walkie. Uh, there's a sub- suspicious person in, you know... ILK to yeah. Oh, what are they doing? Uh, they they're, look, they're suspicious. No, no, no li- literally, <laughs> I'd be like, they look weird and they have a backpack. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's it, it, if a specific couple people were there, like, oh well, yeah, we're totally gonna watch them. <laughs> but if like it's a new person, I'm like, oh, I I guess I'll talk to blah blah blah. No, they have a backpack. It's like, and they're like. Listen to me. I've been here longer than you have. Watch like, these people like is, a hawk. This is this is our store, okay? This is what's going on. Or or like like when I when I'll be like walking up and down the aisles and there will be a cart of of abandoned stuff and I'll be like, "Oh, that's I mean, that's pretty normal. We got pretty busy. I get that people will abandon this cart or abandon this basket. Let's just leave the cart because they're like, I don't want to sure. wait in that line. And this yes, and I get it. And like, but I'll look at the stuff in the cart and I'll go, okay, this is a pretty normal cart. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be walking up and down the aisles because like part of my job was to make sure things were clear, mm-hmm. make sure that the abandoned items were brought back and put where they're supposed to be. And then I'll be doop-a-doop-a-doo walking up and down and I'm like, Hey, security, this uh, cart was left in aisle uh, A52, and it looks really suspicious. Oh, uh, yeah, what, what's in the cart? Uh, makeup and accessories? Oh, yeah, we totally have them on cop. We have them on, we have them on camera right now. <laughs> and I'll be like... <laughs> but but then if it's somebody who's, like, new, they're like, Oh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll talk to my leader. No! Cut him. You gotta look at him. Talk to your leader. Just listen to what I'm telling you. Lock at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that's just one of the things that kind of taught me a lot about people. But I guess that's the leftover one percent. There's mm-hmm. the regular people. Mm-hmm. There's the seasons and Karens and whatnots. Mm-hmm. And then there's that one percent that are the things. yeah, like oh yeah. There's someone in the vinegar aisle. They're they're probably going to be drinking the cooking wine. <laughs> we, we were in one of those retail stores in that particular kind of neighborhood. Not bad, but not great. Where you see that one man stumbling towards pharmacy and you're like, he's going straight for that Listerine. He's going to be drinking the cough syrup. <laughs> so, I say, okay. So, the reason I say all this is... Uh, partially because of my application to my new job. And I got recommended by, I, 
I'm going to just say it. She's my best friend. She recommended me for the job. And thankfully, they also saw the place I was coming from and and recognized it. I, I work in a place that is a nonprofit that helps people with mental health issues, addiction issues, and homeless issues. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of the places that you get home from work and no matter how tired you are, no matter how much you want to go for that beer or for that wine, you can go at the very least, I'm proud of the work I did today. Yeah, I, I'm happy that I was able to buy shampoo for these folks. Yes. I'm happy that I could get them toilet paper. I'm happy they have a place to live. It is really I don't always have the best of days because people are dumb. <laughs> everywhere yeah but in the application i'm gonna just say it there was a question about trying to get at who you would stick up for who you would advocate for in a specific situation because of the type of job that i was applying for the people who were helping me write the resume were saying you should definitely talk about when you would bend over backwards for your customers, when you would bend over backwards for the people that you were working for. And I, and I kept saying, no, I'm not doing that. And they would go, what are you talking about? That's who you would be working for at this job. I know you may disagree with this because of your experiences, but to get this job, you are going to need to just like swallow that and like say you're going to bend over backwards for your customers because they're the ones that you're serving and i absolutely put my foot down and i said i think i remember this yes yeah. i absolutely put, it was it, all, it that was the thing you remember is part 2 of this conversation i'd already had <laughs> and so i said i'm absolutely not doing that absolutely no and they're like well you're not going to get this job probably because you're not saying how you would step up for your people because you're not applying for a leadership position. Mm-hmm. You're applying for a support position. And I get why, I absolutely get why yeah. they were pushing for this. They have never been in the same position that I have mm-hmm. been. And I said, I will absolutely never, ever say that I will bend over backwards for my clients. Because if they're wrong, and they need to be told they're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And here's paragraph two, subsection three. And I need to be able to stand up for them because the people who are actually marginalized in this position are my constituents. So actually, what I need to do is stand up for my constituents. My constituents are my team members. And in the same right, I believe that's the same as standing up for a client in the in position current, I work, in work now. Yeah. Yes. So in my former position as a team lead in the uh, customer service position, mm-hmm. it's you have to stand up for my team members because I'm protecting them. They do not have rights. I, I, I take the bullets for my cashiers. I take the bullet for my customer service people. And I will stand up for them. And I will stand up for them. You can say they did a bad job. You cannot talk crap about them. Correct. And in my current position, I am going to be there and say, you know what? These people have made poor decisions and I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt 
and the ability to better their lives forever. And that is an argument that I had with the people who were helping me build Mm -hmm. my resume for this position that I was working for. And it was only until my friend who held the position that I hold now got on FaceTime when we were talking about my application that she went, uh, when when this question came up, that she goes, oh, no, 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 she's advocating for her team members just like she would advocate for the clients at yes. the new position, that they finally believed me. I really understand why the people who were helping me with my resume would say such a thing, mm-hmm. because they were coming at it, well, oh, you need to advocate for the client. The client is always the they, best. They both work in very client-oriented but they uh, also understand that the client is sometimes wrong. They, they do. But, you know, I, you I still have I've, to advocate. I've heard your brother is one of the, those people. And I've heard your brother many times talk about how his clients are wrong. Yeah. Per, perhaps misguided would be a better word. Correct. But that's a different position altogether than retail. Yes. While I know that my brother has worked retail, and I know that the other person helping me has worked in restaurant work, it is still a completely different duck than working where we have worked. Yes, very much definitely. So that was Abby's subject. Really it was our subject, but mostly it was Abby's subject. My subject is spice. I am from Texas, but to know my spice choices before Abby moved in with me. You would not know I'm from Texas. The, the The state dish of Texas is chili. And if you put beans in chili, I think you're mostly wrong. Abby is giving me a look right now because she loves beans and chili. Beans are so yummy. They're so yummy. I don't care if they're taking the place of me. Beans and chili, so yummy. Beans and food, Re- so yummy. Regardless, <laughs> chili is supposed to be a little bit spicy. Oh, yeah, sure. So you think like, oh, chili and spicy and, oh, look, here's this Texas boy. He wants some spice in his chili. You know what I really liked in my chili? I didn't care for the spice. I wanted the savory. I wanted some smoky chili. That's what I wanted in my chili. Because I didn't like hot. I wasn't a big fan of hot. I'm still not particularly enamored with Abby's style of hot. And I'm going to take you back to a time like 2012. I want to say it was, I think it was New Year's, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve of 2012. We had gotten dressed up nicely. We had gotten dressed up very nicely to we go to a nice we place. We weren't just walking around. We yes. had decided to go, go to two places, P.F. Chang's or the Cheesecake Factory. So we walked to P.F. Chang's and then we looked, because we wanted to go to P.F. Chang's. Yep. I've still, to this never day, had PF never Chang's. had P.F. Chang's. We've had better than P.F. Chang's. I have never, well, yeah. I've never been to the Cheesecake Factory. But anyway, so we, 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 we dressed up for New Year's. Yeah, I got and a really I remember because nice it was New Year's and it was a Virginia Beach mm-hmm. New Year's where it was a little bit chilly out. Instead of a Minnesota New Year's where it's like, Oh, you better pack your parka. And the P.F. Chang's was full. And the Cheesecake Factory was full. And then you were like, well, maybe we should just go home and not, not do this. And I go, no, 
let's try the Indian restaurant. And oh. you go, and you go, what Indian restaurant? And I go, <laughs> Do, don't you remember the Indian restaurant that you refused to go to like a few weekends ago that was like right on the corner? And I have you no go, recollection of this, no. But you go, you go, what Indian restaurant? I'm like, well, there's this like little corner Indian restaurant. Let's go there. And you're like, lead the way. Because we did not have smartphones. Uh, <laughs> but I remembered where it was. I lead him to this place. And it was this little corner, cute, nice restaurant under a new apartment, apartment complex. complex yeah. yeah, apartment complex. So we go there. And, and I've never, we walk in. I've never in my life had Indian food. Correct. I go in there and... I already, I, I like spicy food. I'm not, at she the time. She smells the air and she. <sighs> at the, well, I also had a, a flatmate in the UK who was from India. And like our apartment smelled like Indian food. It's just like life at the time. We walk in to the restaurant and I don't. Like, I'm a lot different now just because I researched a lot of it. So I know a lot about Indian food. So we go into the place and... I'm looking uh, at this menu. No, but like, thank thankfully, we're able to get a place to sit and, on New Year's Eve, which is... It was not crowded at all, so... It was... It had, it, it had people, people in there, but there was no wait for seating. If that restaurant had been in Minneapolis-St. Paul... It would have been packed. You would never have been able to get the in. The P.F. Chang's would have been the one that they would be able to seat you immediately Correct. in this town. The Red Lobster, P.F. Chang's, yeah. Cheesecake Factory. Everybody mm-hmm. would have been able to get into the mom and pop ethnic restaurant. Yep. Never. Exactly. We get in there. Uh, these wonderful people mm-hmm. were super happy that we were there. Mm-hmm. They seat us. This really nice young dude comes up to us and is like. He's like, he is a young Indian guy. Yeah. Super duper sweet. Came up to us and goes, what are you interested in? And I'm looking, I, I'm... can I tell you, this is a thing that I've never thought I would ever have in my entire life. I ordered for someone else. <laughs> I'm looking at this menu and I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. Can I tell you? I am completely clueless. This is the first time it happened with with CJ and I and not the last time it it's happened not, with CJ not. and I. <laughs> so I'm looking at, I have no idea what's going on with this menu. These are words and I can probably pronounce them, possibly even pronounce them correctly. But I don't know what they mean. So I'm just like, uh, I like beer. I have beer. You know what? We actually got wine that night. We did. We got beer and we we got got wine. We got a bottle of wine. We got a bottle of wine. I have no idea what's going on with this menu. I think I saw somewhere lamb. And I'm like, (laughs) I like lamb. No. So like we were going, I was going through with you Mm -hmm. different things you could possibly get. And And I knew... That you liked lamb because mm-hmm. you had tried to make me lamb chops. And I'm like, gross. <laughs> so I got to the lamb part and I'm like, oh, would you like a lamb dish? And you're like, oh, I like lamb. I don't even remember what the dish was now. It was like lamb tikka masala. Was it just lamb tikka masala? Yeah, it was lamb tikka masala, which had yogurt in it. Yeah. And you had to explain to me the yogurt's not bad. This is how they do it. Because you, mm-hmm. you, you had explained to me like... It's lamb, it's blah, 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 with yogurt, blah, 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 blah. Wait, wait, back up to that yogurt part, and you're like, it's just how they do things. It's fun. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I told you, when they were going to come around to ask our order, I told you, I was like, you need to order mild. 
not only do you need to order mild, mm-hmm. but you're also going to say, I'm not used to Indian food. Mm-hmm. I yes. really want as mild as you can possibly mm-hmm. make it. Because I've been to many a place, like a, yes. a, a, a Szechuan, yep. Indian, whatever mm-hmm. kind of place where you say, I want mild. They give you the people who normally eat theirs yes. mild. Now, now, as a little bit of background, at this time, had you even introduced me to Sriracha sauce yet? At this no. point, I don't think you, if she because had put Sriracha I... in anything, I would not have been able to eat it. He got lamb tikka masala, and I explained to him where chicken tikka masala came from. Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow. Slash London. Whatever. And then you, what, what did you get? Chicken vindaloo. As spicy as they would make it. So she got the spiciest freaking thing on the menu that she could find that she would. And I'm like, give me the weakest, the weakest of wheat and, sauce things. And I had him taste it. She Just made, the smallest. She made me taste her spice. Smallest hell. bit. It wasn't even that spicy. That's the thing that makes me like, oh. See, whenever she goes to an Indian restaurant, she's like, hey, I need it as spicy as you can make it. And they're like, okay. And she's like, no, you don't understand. I want it to be spicy so that you think it might be too spicy. So it would really depend on what restaurant I would go yeah. to. Because, so I went to an Indian restaurant in uh, Inverness, Scotland. Okay. And I ordered spicy. And these are folks from, I don't know if they're from Pakistan or India. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because both of them are ruled by the UK. Yeah. So who knows? Those folks uh, would give you very spicy and they would give you very spicy for English slash European mm-hmm. palates. But not very spicy for an Indian I mean, or Pakistani palate. no. And if I had known at the time, I would probably have asked, can you give us not white folk medium I, like that's the thing it's like i would tell them i was like what i would like how you would think a medium would be not how i would think a medium mm-hmm. would be so i had a an indian my my flatmate was was punjabi mm-hmm. uh and he made me tandoori chicken i had to tell him that he cannot make <laughs> medium rare chicken but aside from that, uh, at, how did it taste? <laughs> and I told him I ate the outside of the chicken. And I'm like, well, the outside's great. Because uh, he was very concerned with me uh, eating this eating spicy, spicy food, chicken. But not very concerned about you catching salmon. No. <laughs> Super weird. Because like I went from a person who thought Tabasco sauce, thought village hot sauce. Uh, yeah. But that's not hot anymore. No. Jimmy. That's not definitely not hot to you anymore. No. To me, here's here's what I do now. I used to put ketchup or mustard on my sandwiches. Do you know what I put on my sandwich now? Sriracha sauce. Right. Ten years ago, Sriracha sauce would have sent me to the bathroom crying and washing my mouth out. And now that's what I put on. I'm not Abbey level yet. So a couple nights ago, we ordered uh, Nepalese, Nepalese food. It I, was. I, I just I just like. Um, more specific countries. Well, when you get so, more specific, yeah. it's usually a lot more well, authentic and usually yes. tastes a lot nicer. And I had yak balls. And how often can you say you've had yak balls? I've Me? only ever I've had, had yak, yak balls, balls at twice. Everest. 
At the same place. At the same place. Because you had one of my yak balls. Because I look at the menu and I go, yak balls, yes. Well, the reason I'm saying you, I like to be more specific with the the genre of food I eat. Mm -hmm. Because it's usually a lot more authentic or a lot more tasty. They they have this stuff. And I've gotten a lot better with spice. I have. I used to be the person whose Tabasco sauce is hot. And then with Abby, I got to like, okay, here's more hot. And now I'm the guy who's like, instead of ketchup or instead of mustard, I'm putting sriracha on my stuff. So this stuff that came in that we had a couple nights ago, it was a very weird kind of hot. We've done hot wing challenges where we oh, had... Yeah. Where we've had really hot sauces. Like we're talking like one trillion scoville or something. I don't remember the exact um, It's not numbers. one trillion scoville. I know but it's not. I'm exaggerating. Ha- uh, just remember, uh, both of us have done the hot wing, hot ones challenge. Yeah, if, if you if you if watch you hot go, ones hot, on YouTube, yes, the the hottest sauce they have is the same as the hottest sauce that both of us have. Had. Uh, but then we, I have also had the hotter ones. But, so we 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 have been to the top of the mountain, but there are still. With with me, hot food, spicy food. Yeah, it really depends on the kind. It it a it has to have flavor. If it has to have a if, if it has a good flavor, it could be that billion scoville. Yeah, like but if it has good flavor, absolutely. I can do it. I will cry and I will do it because it so tastes good. So the difference between the last dab, which is a mustard based mm-hmm. sauce, the last dab is like a million scoville. And, but it tastes lovely. It's got that yes. garlic. It's got like a garlic. It's got the garlic. Yeah. It's got the mustard. It's, yeah. And there's the heat. It's and you're like, lovely. oh, I'm going to die. But, but it tastes yeah, so but good. It's so good. And, and it depends on like, what you're like putting it onto. Yes. But, but then, then you have Satan's like butthole. the bomb. Yes. Yeah, Satan's butt. No, or the bomb. Or the bomb. Or the bomb tastes terrible. What was that other one that was so bad? I just remember Satan's butthole. I don't yeah. remember actually what it was called. But then, okay, wait a but second. He just but nicknamed wait, it but Satan's wait, butthole but because it tasted like Satan's butthole. And this just brings me back to the Indian food that I had that first night, which yeah. is the first night I really had hot food. But it was like and in retro- mild. In retrospect, the food that I had that night was not hot. No. It was Tabasco hot. It was not even Tabasco hot. It I would say it was pretty, Tabasco hot. It was, no, it was not Tabasco hot. It was just that it had the spices. That it you it had spices to. that I wasn't used to. It had flavors I wasn't used to. But it wasn't hot. It, well, tell that to my butthole the no, next but, day. No, but that's the thing. It was not spicy. It did not have chilies in it. It was just that you were so completely unused to yes. it. Because you, again, what, she what did says, you have? like it was not hot to my timid mouth but, at but, the but, time. But, 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 it but was hot. what did you have? You had a lamb tikka masala, tikka masala, mm-hmm. which is garam masala curry, which has a clove, has garlic uh, in it. Garlic. That's probably what did it, and then also bean. I probably had like. Bean I did have protein. a bite of yours too. That might have been the thing that destroyed my exactly. butthole. Exactly. I had. She made me have hot, her thing. Hot chicken vindaloo. So <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is I've come a long way in the last decade. I started in 2010, where a hot thing would have been if I 
I, I have seen people put Tabasco sauce on eggs before. Yeah, it's so good. That would have been hot. Cholula, to me, 10 years ago, Tabasco to me 10 years ago, is hot. Yeah. Cholula to me today flavorful. Is, is flavorful and not hot. All right, so we did get a lip-to-lip question from Nerdy Orc. They ask uh, if we support the government taking over production of factories and other facilities, etc., etc. We both kind of wanted to stay a little away from politics in this episode. Uh, we... When we, we find that when we dive into politics, it becomes too topical. And then we end up having, we had to throw away several episodes because the episode be- was so topical by the time we were able to edit it and finish it. Because the world moves on. Yeah. I so, mean, to be fair, this probably isn't going to move on, but also we just didn't, just we're, didn't we're, feel, we're, we're yeah. kind of burnt out right now on yeah. talking politics with this thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe at a later date, we'll tackle this particular question. But, how did you rephrase it? How did but you I did have an idea to, kind of, to, to reword yeah. it to something less politically charged, as it were. We don't mean to reword it because we, you know, want to poo-poo your suggestions. We no, no, appreciate all your suggestions. It is, Thank you. it is a very good question. And again, we might revisit it again at a later date. But right now, we just want to kind of be a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> Coronavirus! Yay! And with that lightheartedness and the coronavirus, I think... Possibly something political, but silver linings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. not a fun time for anybody. So something good that's come from this. Something that you've learned. Something that has been done. Something that you're doing. Something good from the quarantines, the isolations, the coronavirus. Okay. There are a couple things that are good. I think that the pulling together like when you think of a pulling together of a, of a community a lot of times people think of small towns pulling together and supporting people when my mother got very very sick like my town is very very small but my mom got very very ill she almost died and the community came together with a benefit dinner and they got her like uh, an iPad so that she could communicate better. Like they binded themselves together to get her a me- like a mechanical wheel, not a mechanical wheel, but an electric wheelchair, yeah. like lots of things. And when I brought that up to people from bigger towns, they're like, oh, that would never happen in this town. But that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you have places like Domino's that are donating thousands of dollars worth of, worth of food to communities in need. You have people who are liquidating their assets. Like I have a lot of crap to poo on to uh, a lot of billionaires for various political reasons. Mm-hmm. But th- a lot of them are getting their money and putting putting it where their where their mouth is, they're donating it to communities. They are raising funds. They are putting out plans for buildable and affordable respirators, and uh, that are viable. They're not just like, oh, that, yeah, this is a plan for probably a, a respirator. Yeah. No, this is a medically approved respirator. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows that when we're all scared to death of dying. People start to step up and people will go right back to their greedy old ways as soon as they have the possibility. But it does show that we as a people, for the majority of us, are trying to like help each other out. And the other thing is too, boy, is it ever evident who actually runs society 
with who's essential and who's sitting at home. And I, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, I'm not in retail anymore, but I'm still considered essential just because of the healthcare role that my job is. But retail workers, especially if they're, if you have a grocery store, if you have a home improvement store, if you have basically, oh, well, uh, the kind of job that I've literally heard people say to their children, you better study or you're gonna, or else you're going to be a cashier or else you're going to be pushing carts or else you're going to be washing toilets. Who are the people who have a job right now who are considered essential workers? Mm-hmm. Those folks who provide those kinds of services. I kind of hope that a lot of these places, now that they're probably getting 100,000 unemployed people looking for work, mm-hmm. can possibly be a little bit pickier. Mm-hmm. And who they hire. Mm-hmm. And then my other fear with that is that once things return to somewhat normalcy, all of those overqualified people are going to leave again. Uh, as, as someone who is an who is an overqualified person, <laughs> as, as about to say, I think for, I might be overqualified too. I, I mean, I have a flipping master's degree, but when beggars can't be choosers, yeah, uh, I was happy to have the job. Now, getting out is a completely different issue but you know there are overqualified people in these positions and i was very happy to have the job because i was unemployed for two years yeah not for lack of trying well you you talk about there are there are plenty of overqualified people that work in retail there are some people who are also underqualified true but we're looking at we're looking at (laughs) silver lining so what is your silver lining (laughs) so first get out everything you said it really is pretty cool seeing like the community come together Mm -hmm. and yeah some of the things are like art projects that are like building communities yeah art art projects things like that another thing i've noticed has been like we have always appreciated the local bars the local restaurants Mm -hmm. the non-chain places because Mm -hmm. they're different you can go to applebee's anywhere Mm -hmm. and there that's no knock on applebee's yeah, one it's of the nice. You can go to any Applebee's. One of the strengths get... of Applebee's is you can go to the Applebee's and you're pretty much going to get the same burger every time. And it's not a bad burger, but sometimes you don't want a burger. Sometimes you want... The local flair. Yeah, you want... Yeah. And, and that local flair here in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and the Twin Cities, sometimes that local flair is really weird food. But, but... There, there are those kinds of things where like people want to support their, their local businesses... And people like us are still trying to do that mm-hmm. by ordering online and having it delivered, which so far has only flopped on us once. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. But the other thing that's really cool is I, this is another thing of banding together, but a lot of these places that didn't have drive up, that didn't have mm-hmm. curbside, that didn't have delivery services. Mm-hmm. Now they have delivery services. We have distilleries, local distilleries that are making hand sanitizer up from their you know leftover product that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to create or like people are able to make this because they're not able to sell it in their in their bar rooms or whatever so now they're making it and donating it selling it giving it to whomever that needs it and and one thing to, to get slightly political there have been a lot of things that have been just deregulated that people from all walks of all political life look at it and go why on earth was this regulation in place in the first place and they're now being overlooked. You can ignore these regulations. And and hopefully at least some of these will be like after the apocalypse is over. We can go back and say, should we reinstitute this particular piece of regulation or should we just let it go by the wayside? Can you make it? Can you make an example? 
So whenever it comes to like FDA or CDC approval of treatments, approval, like you can't make an N95 face mask in 60 days. You cannot be approved for it. And, and these, are, these are places that are perfectly 100% capable of making face shields or N95 masks. And they have no problem doing it. And they can do the testing in-house to, you know, make sure that it works. But it's a new medical device. The new medical device requires a year, two years, three years of vetting. whatever of vetting through the FDA. And it, with some of these things, it's just not necessary. It's a protection that was you think was over the over the top. Yeah. That is now uh, lessened to be able to save lives. Yes. And I like af- afterwards after this, it's like no, I'm not. I well, I would say get rid of all this stuff. But you know, I'm not saying that in this particular case. I'm just saying let's look at this and let's go. Why is this here? Whenever we were relying on this particular thing to keep us safe, ended up damning us. Mm-hmm. Another weird thing is hospital beds. Like, America's pretty lucky in that we have a lot of hospital beds. We could have more. There's a regulation in most states that say that if you want to build a hospital, you have to basically ask permission of all the other hospitals in the area, which is just kind of ridiculous. And we would have more hospital beds right now if that weren't the case. At the very worst, we would have the exact same number of hospital beds. We'd have the exact same number of intensive care units as we would have before. But if this little bit of regulation weren't there, maybe there would be even more hospitals. There'd be more hospital beds. We'd be more able to deal with this kind of thing. Yeah, my my hope is like that. and, And even a person who believes in regulatory state and who believes that the government should play a large role in everything should be able to look at some of this and say, okay, you know what? Maybe that was a little bit too stringent. Yeah, because I do believe that there should be some sort of regulation around a lot of things that have to do with like healthcare and Mm -hmm. because, okay, I am a person who uh, I'm starting out in a role that is brand new to me in healthcare. I've worked in in law, I've worked with lawyers, I've worked with uh, retail, retail. Yeah. I've worked with like tech stuff, but I've never worked with medical stuff. And as a person who is tasked with buying medical grade things for people who need to be administered, you know, shots and other things, it's very helpful to me to be able to research this and know this is approved, this is not. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm in charge of buying this stuff. Yeah. And I'm in charge of budget. And so... If, and, and you don't want to, you know, accidentally kill some of your patients well, or, or some of the patients. Right. And I don't want to waste money. Mm-hmm. Like, if I accidentally order the wrong gloves, right? Yeah. I did recently order gloves. They're not exam gloves. They're not certified for exam gloves. They're not considered yeah. uh, sterile. But they can be used because people are wearing gloves more often. They can just be used around to while they're cleaning and stuff like that. Perfect. But if you needed to get those exam gloves, it's those sterilized gloves. Yes. I need to know what's an approved glove for for Mm -hmm. sterile environments. And having a regulation, having a thing there that says it's FDA approved approved is extremely helpful to Mm -hmm. me. But that's not to say that... You know, these things aren't perfectly fine. It's that they're approved. They're for people who need to know. Mm-hmm. So 
That said, we did wander into politics a little bit there. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, that everything everything's politics, yeah. really. I mean, we could be discussing art right now and philosophy, and it's politics. But we didn't want to go to the deep down, dark deep down. Yeah, because because I read that question, and I'm getting like, oh, I could go so many places, and, with this, and I don't knew, feel like it right he now. He knew that I would be like, yeah, I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. You want to know why I'm not talking about that? Because it would lead to an argument, and that's not what we do here. Because. You won't let me. Yes. And with that little bit of deja vu, I think it's time we close up. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have anything that uh, you want us to talk about, it tweet to us. I am at you've had me at Hayek on I'm Twitter. I'm at abbynormal zero n e at Twitter. Also, please, guys, don't forget to love each other. Uh, don't forget to wash your hands and be safe. We love you. Bye.